Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. That's him. Well, Conrad, how's your week been this week? Um, I'm going to ask, I've been thinking about this since before we started recording. I'm going to ask you to rephrase that question uh, as how have you been for the purposes of a joke? <laughs> how have you been? It been do, Anthony. It been bloody do. That wasn't worth it. I apologise to everyone listening at home. It was not worth it. But I thought about that. No word of a lie. Probably about three days ago and i uh, wrote it down in my notes the first thing in my notes hoping that i would just say how are you yeah i was hoping i was hoping you would just say how have you been without me needing to prompt you but unfortunately we've had to we've had to engineer that slightly but i you you know we'll let the listeners decide yeah work well all i'll say is you've now experienced the moment that all the ikbindus have been building to Oh, is that the last Ick Bin Do? I, hope, it, like, I feel like we're I'm on not a saying roll it's here. the last Ick Bin Do, but for me, this was like the third like big proper Ick Bin Do. Uh, so yeah. it, it made me like this is the one that made my made me be like, oh, okay, Ick Bin Do's a thing. Yeah, this <laughs> is know? that. This was a biggie. This was the this was the, the possibly the zenith of the Ick Bin Do mountain. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously everyone knows we're talking about the Adam Adam reveal. Uh, yep. we, don't, we can we can sort of jump this to the front of the queue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be a short episode this week. We're just going to go straight to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well done, well done. Uh, yeah, I was that. like moonwalking around my room, just <laughs> celebrating when that came in. When that um, when that chicken came home to roost. That's amazing. Um, I tell you, I uh, I'm maybe preempting a question that's been given to us for the questions episode this Saturday, but I am so glad I don't have to keep that a secret anymore. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm really surprised it came in as early as it did. To be honest, um, I thought that was that was going to be one of those ones on my theory matrix that just lingered for years. But uh, but here we are. No, no, this this show doesn't keep you hanging. Like, you know, come on, you've got a man who's covered in scars. They're, they're, they're like, all right, we're going to have to show him who this guy is. Yeah, like enough. suspiciously conceal his neck as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, so guys, make sure you subscribe on podcasting apps if you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Make sure you give this video a like if you haven't already. Um, I don't think there's any other plugs I have to do. Oh, yes, if you want to donate to the show, there's a tip jar in the in the description. Anything you donate to the show will go back into the show like these lovely microphones we have. So the next thing we need is a webcam so we can get Conrad's ugly mug in the question and answer videos. Yeah, you will regret that. Yeah, we will will regret that. He's just said he's been growing his hair out, so... uh... Yeah, like my my, uh, brilliantly drawn image uh for your channel is already out of date unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah it is like so you should have a little bit longer hair um we should have drawn you with loads of tattoos yes just like yeah, holding your arm well. holding your arm up with all the tattoos in the in the picture yeah you haven't got like all the spiders on my cheek either yeah i don't have that tattoo <laughs> <laughs> uh there's the fellow i used to go to school with with me um I, I didn't see him for like five years and then i saw him and he's got uh, tattooed all across his cheek no pain, no gain. Oh, nice. I'm like That guy feels like he's made some early career choices that he may regret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's also not the type to be watching Dark. So we're, we're, we're safe. He's not going to hear this. Oh, thank uh, goodness. Right, okay. Um, right, I think we'll just get straight into it then. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. 
Oh, let's break it down! So the episode opens with a field of wheat? <laughs> sure. Or straw, corn. I can't. Straw, I couldn't tell corn. the difference. Yeah, so, something... I think so, it is wheat. I think you're right. Yeah, so there are... Jonas wakes up, you know, he seems to have traveled to this year. Uh, and it's actually, we find out it's the year 1921. So he travels to this year. He meets a couple of farmers. Um, he walks into town with them. They get him to a woman called Erna. Um, yep. And Erna, uh, I'm not saying too much about anything really, because at this point in the show, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of giving away anything. Um, but basically, they, they, see, they, they assume he's like a prisoner of war from the First World War. Yeah, which I like. I was slightly confused by that. Um, maybe it's possible, but were, were POW still returning home in 1921? That seems like no, a long they time. weren't because he's from the future. <laughs> yes, that's true. Oh, I'd forgotten. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> that it, but I like. I just it seems unlikely that that prisoners of war would be coming back in 1921. But I don't but, know how late. How but long, they might. Like, but they might not have been. But that's all they. That's all they assumed that he could be. You know. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, is it not just possible he's a drunk from two towns over who like <laughs> fell asleep in a field? Yeah, and, got, and like I don't know, like got his nets neck slipped by something. Yeah, yeah, it is possible. It is possible. But um, this yeah. um this beginning felt like a Paul Thomas Anderson film to me with all the corn and the reedy violin in the score. It was a yeah. uh, I don't know what it was about it. Maybe it was just like a brighter kind of image than we're used to seeing. In it Dark, was very like, there maybe, will be blood, definitely. Yeah, very, very yeah, there will be blood in, specifically was the movie I was thinking about. But uh, yeah, the, the opening image of the, like the, the wheat field uh, with the score behind it really, really stood out to me. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you have to say about the actual goings-on in this uh, in this? Well, opening? there's there's quite a lot to say. So first off, I mean, the, a lot of this is just kind of questions which don't really have answers, but who's Erna? she seems important um mm-hmm. the the fact that there's a cutaway to what looks an awful lot like a child's coffin uh seems important i don't know who's that could potentially be but it seems like it's someone who will perhaps be notable um mm-hmm. I, I, young... will say, I will say that uh now i'm not saying in any respect whether people still believe this but at the time when season two came out there was a lot of people thinking that the man who got killed by young Noah at the start of the season, that was his funeral. I just want to say, yeah. I, I don't think that's the case because that was like five months before this. I think that was January yeah, I, I, 21. I, I, yeah, I don't I don't think... that. I, I did think that briefly as well, but the size of the coffin doesn't look right. That looks like a child's coffin to me. Um, and as you say, it was a long time uh, ago, that, that, that death. So unless his body's just been sitting in a tub of like pickles or something for, for for the last six months um, yeah yeah it's, it's, it was how he wanted to go yeah it's a pickled man yeah <laughs> um but yeah so young agnes is kind of terrifying and this sort of puts a bullet in my agnes's martha theory uh, martha theory um yeah, because you have to go to the future and back yeah <laughs> unless they sort of unless she goes on a sort of uh, like a secondary school trip to the, to the 2020s and then <laughs> i don't really see how that works i mean it's possible i guess but uh, that that theory is kind of clinging on by its fingernails at the moment um but well, i love she would the have slow- to be like an undercover like op yeah going yeah, exactly. as marta because she was agnes before and then marta then agnes again yeah yeah and, uh, and marta doesn't seem like the undercover cop type um yeah. Or maybe that's exactly what makes her so good at it who knows um <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, so I really like the sort of slow reveal throughout this episode and and in 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 this scene of the, of the like the travelers and their meeting place, um, and this kind of pullback and reveal from it's like oh it's you know it's a friendly group of people who are just looking to help him, um, to people talking about all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, so. Uh, Erna being like, get the chamber ready for him, which is like, what the hell is the chamber? That sounds like a weird thing to call something when it appears to just be a room. I'm, I'm interested to see what that. Yeah, what comes I think about. I think that personally, I think that is a translation error. Oh, okay, right. Uh, because yeah. like you know, in French, it's chambre, chambre. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they just thought, you know, it's olden days. Let's call the bedroom the chamber. Oh, okay. I'd like so it's not like a hyperbolic time chamber, like that. Well, he's, it, he's well, gonna... it, well, it might be. It might okay. Be. Well, I'm I'm clinging on to that. I'm hoping out for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and um, the the acting from Jonas is great here as well. The way he, the, the the actor kind of sells his trauma when he's eating his uh, his stew or soup or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and he's kind of shaking. Um, really makes him seem very vulnerable um but yeah this is a great opening scene really really sets the table uh for the rest of the episode yeah awesome uh and what do you think about where he where he ended up in 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 the in the town sort of thing like what was your understanding of like he walked through the portal like did he end up in the same spot that he went through the portal in or did he transfer yeah like i i assume that wheatfield i mean that looked very similar to um the area we've seen burnt delivering his speeches in the 50s obviously there's a lot mm. of kind of the the wheat has been removed um like in for the purposes of actually building the the plant but um but i'm assuming he traveled to the exact spot he was standing in in 2052 yeah okay cool um and out of curiosity when i first watch this um every time we go through time i'm looking at everyone i'm wondering who they are the two farmers any idea <laughs> I didn't think about that at all, to be honest. Um, I'm gonna okay. throw out. I'm gonna throw out two names. I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say they're Nielsen's. I'm gonna say. Hmm. They might not. They might not. But they might be no one. So I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to like make you put a theory in the matrix. You know, just to lose one. But I'm just saying that when <laughs> I watched it, everyone to me was like a potential character that I had seen yeah. before or would come important. It- it's a good point. I mean, they don't tend to give lines away flippantly. Like people who talk tend to, or seem to tend to come back uh, mm-hmm. as as at least relatively major characters. But I I didn't think too much about them to be honest. I, I I guess like the fact they took him to where they took him implies that they are also members of Sigmundus, um, or are at least aware of Sigmundus and kind of what they do. Uh, so it stands to reason they would be fairly important. But I haven't really thought about who they could potentially be. Okay. Cool. Right, okay, so after this opening scene, which was quite actually a long opening scene for Dark, and then we get yeah. the opening credits. Immediately after the opening credits, we get told there's three days until the apocalypse. Yep. And it's, uh, it's getting closer. Yep, and the episode title this uh, this time is The Travelers. Yep. So <laughs> I I will admit, my luck continues with these titles. I want to be honest with our listeners. I would never lie to you, listeners. <laughs> we, I did cheat a bit on this title because in the previous episode, H.G. Tanhouse... Uh, describes the travel um the stranger rather as a uh, zeitreisender so time traveler presumably like translates oh, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. to that and then people could not stop saying die reisender in the- in this episode so um i had a lot of help from our friends in vinden to figure this one out um but if i'm being honest with myself if i'd had come into this completely blind i know that 
uh, like Ikfara, I think is to travel, or I think that m- might be to drive. So sight unseen, I think I probably would have said something like Defaran or something for for mm. the travelers. The driver. <laughs> the driver. Yeah. yeah. Jason Statham in Defaran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I probably would have went for uh, nothing because I don't know German, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Google Translate says, and uh, yeah, I'm using Google Translate, everyone. Tell me off in the comments. It really boosts the popularity of the video. Um, no, but I, I do know this one is correct as well because uh, well, that huge egg on the face if, if it's wrong. But again, it's it's one of those words that I did pick up from the show. Like there's a few different words and phrases that I picked up just from watching the show because they say it so much. Uh, so D. Reisenden is definitely one of the ones I did. So And I think it's just so cool the way they say it too. Um, yeah, they say it a lot. Yeah, it's it sounds way more like sort of cool and interesting and ominous than uh, than the travelers in English to me. Yeah, there's a there's um there's a sort of punchiness to 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 this phrase that doesn't exist in the English one. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So then uh, we get the uh, sex dream again, but this time yeah. Marta is the one having it. Yeah, interesting that as, as as if she kind of subconsciously also knows that something is wrong about it, but can't kind of put her finger on it. Yes, exactly. But out of curiosity, they both had the dream, the same dream. So what do you think? Mm, yeah, they, I wonder if this is if this is more more kind of symbolism and metaphor than anything that's literally supposed to be explored. Because I don't really, I, I the show hasn't really got into the the idea of you know kind of like mimetic legacy and like sharing things that that would allow us to dream or sharing knowledge um or not even sharing knowledge sharing like kind of biological links that would allow us to dream the same thing um i think it's mainly just there to show that marta also suspects that something is wrong with their relationship Mm. you know like how (laughs) to go back to the vincent segment from last week um (laughs) the the choice audio clip that you used um where his mom (laughs) his mom kisses him yeah exactly and she she knows that something about kissing him is wrong even there's no reason why she would know that um and i I suspect this is the same thing yeah okay awesome uh right okay so then we get uh police uh station scene Clausen and Voller body cup episode coming yeah. hot and heavy in this one. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so basically, uh, Charlotte's sick, apparently. Um, we know she's not because we see her later. But um, I loved how Clausen turned, turned to Torben and says, we're in for some fun. We're in for a yeah. fun time. Oh, I loved this. I was so happy to see, like, Clausen and Voller just getting thrown in together to, you know, d- go and uh, do whatever it is that Clausen feels like doing that day while Voller drives him around and looks incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, I've never exactly. seen a man look more unhappy than Voller, to be honest. Like, he, he looks like he's about to cry in every scene that he's in. <laughs> and this will say as well, whoever the police sketch artist is for Vinden Police Station, they need a raise. Oh, yeah, they're great. They're like, they are probably like a, a an amateur artist who had dreams of going pro, but yeah. but just it never really happened for them, and so they had to just make ends meet yeah. by selling out. It reminded me. I know you haven't seen Making a Murderer, but it it reminded me in the first episode of Making a Murderer. Basically, Stephen Avery gets convicted of a rape that he didn't commit, and uh, basically he. Um, <laughs> They actually like took took a picture of him, uh, a headshot of him, and like traced 
the uh, the picture. So it looks exactly the same. And when you lay it over the top, it looks the exact same, right? Yeah. Um, but the funniest thing about it was the guy who did it was like this police officer who had never done a police sketch in his life before. <laughs> and he never did one again. Oh, but going he, out while you're on top. Yeah, his name was Gene Couchet. And uh, he, <laughs> they started calling him Gene the Pencil Couchet. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, you know, you know, if you're going to be known for something, be known for your your limited uh, in in quantity but exceptional in quality artwork in the exactly. police station. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Okay. So uh, Charlotte then is in the uh, HG Townhouse's uh, shop, the what the yep. clock clock shop, and uh, she's looking through all the stuff. There's a whole load of interesting stuff here you could probably unpack, but um, I'm just going to point out one thing. She finds the time machine blueprint. Yep. Yeah, that seemed important. Yeah, and then I think at the end of the scene, Hannah calls her. Yeah, and so, anything else you notice in this scene? Or no, just that really. Uh, the the schematic was obviously a focal point for the camera, which means it's probably a focal point for us. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. I can't imagine. She's, I'd love to it. see them. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see Peter Doppler having a crack at building a time machine he just he'd he'd end up with egg on his face but it'd be hilarious um but yeah i'll be interested to see where that where that goes yeah yeah okay cool um also in this episode there's a loaded short snappy scene so later on i've tried to amalgamate some of them together so you'll see what i'm doing with that later but this was a short one okay then we get um a very ripped uh jonas stranger jonas yeah Uh, he's he's drinking milk in a mug here which was very upsetting to me you don't have milk in a mug. Come on, stranger. Well, unless you put a little bit of cocoa in there or something. Well, I mean, yeah. So if you're going to have it in a mug, it needs to be hot and it needs to be served with some kind of cocoa. If you're having milk cold, it's in a glass. Come on. Yeah, I would it's, agree. It's it's not the done thing. Either Especially gla- not in someone else's house. Yeah, either a glass or a quick few swigs out the bottle of the, from the fridge. Oh, not in, not in... I mean, he's still a, if you'll excuse the pun, a stranger in this house, uh, t- despite <laughs> despite technically being related to Hannah. So he can't just drink out of the bottle. I mean, to be honest, it was pretty rude that he just helped himself to her milk anyway. Well, this is his so, house. Well, I mean, sort of. Yeah, well, you know, it's called, uh, according to Hannah, he's only been gone for like nine months or something. I mean, listen, if I walked into my parents' house tonight and just started helping myself to everything in the fridge, my mum would get cross with me. And I, I haven't been gone for 30 years, or however long <laughs> like yeah, Stranger okay. Jonas has been gone for. Okay, um, I'm trying to think whether my mum would actually get annoyed at me. I don't think she would. I don't think My mum gets annoyed at me if I do anything in the house, to be honest. Like, she has the fridge <laughs> in a certain way, and if I touch it, it's ruined forever. Yeah, well, like, the fact that you can't even, you're not allowed to go inside houses now, it's all because it's of, of COVID. Uh, yeah. Your mum's like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finally, the kids that can't come back. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, he also then finds a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought this was interesting because I, I don't know if you remember. I wanted to speak to you about this. I, I suggested that maybe him walking in on Hannah, uh, thinking about killing herself, was deliberate. But this makes it look like it was purely by chance. Yeah, I think it was by chance. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, it, it's, it's convenient. That's one of those. But... That's one of those times where I started like talking about it as if you would have known it was by chance, and then you said, "No, I don't think it was by chance. I think he knew." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll be quiet now." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just you know, I figured. He he knew, and that's why he walked in at that exact moment because it would be quite convenient for him to walk in at that exact moment without knowing. But you know, it's only a little thing, so I'll, like it's fine. 
Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's fine. So uh, he also asks who is that when he looks at the um, the passport. Uh, it's actually Boris uh, or Alexander or Yasin, either one. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I thought to myself it was funny. Like, he's like, oh, who's that? Oh, where's, what's this gun? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I imagined if she just, like, explained, oh, I'm just trying to blackmail Ulrich Nielsen to get his life destroyed. But then he just disappeared. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I kind of set this ball rolling, and now I don't know what I'm doing with it. Like, is is the actual answer? But yeah, so now I just look. Around, I just sit around and hold the gun. Sometimes. Yeah, I just like to keep a hold of it, cradle yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, keep it clean. Uh, okay, so then uh, we get uh, the Nielsen household, and Magnus and Marta are there. Francisca and Ellie come in. Anything you were yeah. to say? You were to say something. There? Um, I just I just love this kind of lost boys kind of group that's forming here who've like mm. all these kids have been kind of abandoned by their parents um, who themselves are sort of consumed with the time travel stuff um, especially when they're all likely to arrive at the exact same conclusion which is a really a really nice irony um, but yeah th- this gang of four I'll say this now we're getting very close to my children policing time prediction listeners <laughs> someone does end up bound in this episode that's all I'm saying oh yes actually that's true um yeah so that's a good point about this like sort of the lost boys sort of feel to this um what did you think about the idea that like magnus and francisca were like okay our storyline is finished let's get on with it now yeah I, i think there's a lot of that in this episode i was kind of a little bit dumbfounded by how much this episode is kind of moving the pieces around to get people ready to be involved in the time travel stuff um so magnus and francisca are a great example but um also katarina as well they're just like right you you've had your plot now and now you're into the time travel and it's just kind of getting everyone ready for the sort of run into the second half of the season which i really liked there's a, there's a real kind of snappy sense of brevity to everything that goes on with these characters yeah it's almost like okay at this point like you know shit's getting serious now so we we need we need the pieces in place you know it's like little petty squabbles aren't aren't important anymore as much as they were important to develop the characters at this point you know i also like the idea of uh francisca just been been realizing okay he thought i was a prostitute i'm not a prostitute (laughs) uh that's (laughs) That's all right bygones be bygones yeah like she she like she sat on it for a few days and she realized yeah yeah i can see why he thought that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was behaving kind of strangely. Let's move on. And I respect her for, you know, being grown up enough to, you know, offer the the olive branch. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then they go to... uh, Oh, yeah, also, I thought it was really interesting, the idea... Now, I don't know if you picked up on this uh, parallel, but the idea of Ali can't stay at home because uh, there's no one to mind her. So that's a real parallel with episode one of season one when Mikkel couldn't stay at home. Oh, I didn't think about that actually, but yeah, that is an interesting parallel, um, and and also it, it, yeah. c- compounds that idea of these kids kind of being abandoned by their parents, basically. Yeah, and and it, I'm glad you didn't think of that because the whole episode, the first time I watched this, I did think of that, and the whole episode, I just thought Ellie was going to get taken. Oh, okay. No, I I like if if Ellie is who I think she is, she, I wouldn't want to try and take her because she would mess me up. <laughs> yeah. Like that little that little girl knows some jujitsu. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, Regina's got her fencing. Elizabeth has her jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, They're formidable people, formidable women in Vinden. You don't yeah. want to mess with them. Exactly. Right. Okay. So uh, then we get uh, Jonas in 21, and yeah. and uh, young Noah. They're uh, chatting away in the chamber. 
Yeah, I, I love the um, you slept for 24 hours, insert stinger here line, um, just, yeah, just to immediately yeah. let you know who you're talking to, and then the cut to the knife. Um, and, and, and young Noah in this entire episode, but I think obviously starting in this scene where we first see him, he seems a lot more menacing and sure of himself than he did in the opening scene of episode one. Uh, and I feel like his character is really starting to turn into the man that we saw in season one, who has like that absolute conviction in what he's doing. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really interesting character development for young Noah um, in this episode. Um, yeah. I did. I did also like the framed Sigmundus poster. Uh, I feel like someone in in this group put it up in the hospital in the eighties as a joke, perhaps because it's just kind of like <laughs> it just turns up in weird places. The emerald tablet. Well, it's always yeah. about. It's always about whenever people are sort of healing, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so um, basically, they they put the twenty four hour line in there because the idea is Jonas should have travelled immediately, but every episode is a different day. So they're showing us that before the, before the credits of this episode, that was actually yeah. the previous day. Yeah, so he was just asleep, which is which makes sense. You know, he seemed very tired, and I can't imagine he was sleeping that well in 2052, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, um, whenever Noah in season one talked about someone coming to visit uh, after the war or something like that, and uh, they stood in the corridor and said something, and it did the very deliberate cut away to Jonas. Yeah. Do you think we're going to actually explicitly see that? Or do you think this is just alluding to that this was the time that would have happened? Um, mm, I'm not sure, because he's not really covered in scars here. And that's one of the things that Noah says, Mm -hmm. uh, that they were visited by a man who was covered in scars. I mean, he has some scars, obviously, you know, he's got the wound on his leg, he's got the wound on his neck, he's he's seen some action, so I suppose it could be, but in my head it was someone closer to Stranger Jonas's age who who visited them. Okay, cool. Right, okay, so next, uh, Claudia is in 2020, and she is going up and asking at the gates if herself is there. Um, she's told that no, the only Tiedemann about is Alexander Tiedemann, which really mm. confuses her. Yeah, fair enough, really. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, it was probably a pretty good thing to do to go and ask for herself, just to double check that whether she should go back or not, because at this point she's a bit blind, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, everything that Claudia does in this episode, while being quite funny in places, uh, is incredibly smart. Um, I do want to know uh, what hairspray she uses because the hold she has maintained in her hair through several trips through time is frankly astounding at this point. I don't know how she does it. Um, <laughs> maybe, but, it's, uh, maybe it's Claudia. But yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I'm it's trying Claudia. To... <laughs> it could be because she's worth it. Um, yeah, I, and uh, like, yeah, her being surprised by Alexander being in charge, I, I think. We all are, to be honest. Now, now that we know what we know about Alexander, given he knows literally nothing. Well, I say that he knows nothing about nuclear physics. I assume he knows nothing about nuclear physics, given he turned up with the police chasing him and a bullet hole in his shoulder. Um, but uh, yeah, I wonder if we'll see more of that to explain yeah, well, how he, he does. Was, he judge. was performing underground nuclear fission. That's yeah, why he was running. Yes, secret black market nuclear physicist stuff that the police rumbled uh, rumbled him for. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of him, he's uh, being interviewed by Clausen, and yep. the idea of his name being Alexander Tiedemann is actually sort of a, a theme throughout this episode as well, because Clausen mm. is really interested about that. And he actually Clausen, before he questions him about his last name, he actually starts questioning him about Mads, 
because uh, he realizes that Alexander came to Vinden in sort of around the same time. Alexander very sort of nonchalant. He's just like a few weeks later. What's that? What, what are you about? Um, yeah, I th- he kind of like. Po- I feel like it's quite pointed that he distances himself from mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, like there's the line of questioning here is it's quite typical of Clausen's character I think where he kind of is it feels like he's a bit all over the place and I think it's because he's trying to catch uh the person that he's interrogating off guard with a question out of left field which is very smart writing yeah yeah, exactly so it's yeah he's so scattershot that when he eventually starts asking about his last name I think we sort of all can realize that maybe that's what he's focusing on but to Alexander it's just another random question yeah, absolutely. Um, and and Clausen gets some some really good dialogue in this scene. I think I love the symbolism um, when he's talking about no one ever leaving Vinden, and Alexander suggests it's because of the power plant, which is both literally and kind of figuratively true. Uh, obviously, you know, it keeps people there because of the jobs it offers, but it also keeps people there because they're stuck in a bloody time loop. Um, yeah. And then on the other side of that, this idea that once the plant closes, people will finally quote unquote leave. Um, but some of those people might be quite desperate to get it back, um, as in by restoring the timeline. Um, it's, there's just a, a, a lovely dual meaning to uh, to Clausen's dialogue in this scene. Yeah, and then maybe they'll eventually elect someone who puts tariffs on China to try and bring it back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, so uh, then we get... Uh, so Hannah, we saw that she was ringing Charlotte earlier, and now Charlotte does show up... Um, and sort of is introduced to Stranger. But Charlotte recognizes straight away that this is actually uh, the man that Regina saw in the hotel. Yeah, I don't... Oh, there was a drawing... Was there a drawing of him? Of, yeah, I wasn't sure. Of, yeah, the drawing, yeah. Oh, that's right, because they, they, they got the drawing from Regina to describe him, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I was I was trying to figure out how she actually recognized him, but that makes sense. Yeah, and um, so she then takes the photo out and says, who are these people... He says, uh, Sigmundus, uh, the, the Travellers. Yeah, De Reisenden. And I, I feel like everyone, the next few scenes is just getting, like, we're getting the gang together. Like, everyone is getting filled in and we're, we're you know, getting people ready for some some gosh darn time travel. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the gang is now at the, the Lost Boys, as you deem them, uh, you name them. Uh, they are yep. now at the caves. Yeah, kids go policing f- time, here we go. Yeah, they're going to be going through the caves. Um, I'm going to leave what they do in the caves till a bit later. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the fact that they were just going straight into the caves? I will point out that they they were very smart. They actually have flashlights. Many other characters don't bring flashlights. <laughs> yeah, looking at you, Ulrich. Um, yeah, that they. Um, I suppose they know that Mikkel disappeared when they all heard a spooky noise from the caves. And they've seen uh, Ulrich's notes and that Katerina has also been looking at. And I think they have mentioned that they know Katerina is kind of going through the caves as well. Uh Um, So to me, it makes sense that that's where they check. Um, And I I just love like the imagery as well of them kind of going through the caves while the adults are literally just above their heads doing like going through the exact same stuff. And it really kind of hammers home this idea that like if people in this town would just bloody talk to each other about what they're actually doing things would get solved so much quicker but obviously the secrets and the 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 sense that you can only trust the the people around you and maybe not even them uh continues to be uh, you know a major a major factor in in vinden's fortunes 
Yep, yep, unfortunately. So uh, then we get the, the scene where, as I'm sure, some of the funny, funny lines you were talking yeah. about, like uh, Claudia going into the library and all. Yeah, 80s person doesn't understand modern technology scene, which is always always a classic for, for a bit of comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, where's the keyboard? There isn't one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> She just geez. looks awkwardly at the screen. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for that fantastic advice. Yeah. I love the, uh, I do love the, the design of this library, I should say. There's a couple of buildings in this episode whose interiors are, are really striking. And the library, I don't, think, I don't even know if it's meant to be striking, really. I'm, it looks like it's probably a functioning library, but, uh, but it looks great to me. Yeah, it's probably a library at a university, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, basically, uh, Claudia goes in, she goes onto the computer, she sort of looks up a few things, you know, Claudia Tiedemann, this is your life. And uh, she looks she looks up that she was uh, all the different things about herself, first woman to be in charge of the power plant, she goes, dis- she disappears. Uh, mm-hmm. She also looks up uh, Regina got married to Alexander Tiedemann, um, which obviously answers that little question for her. But also we find out that uh, her father is going to be found dead in his uh, apartment. Yep, on the 26th of June. So in episode six, presumably, if we're, if we're sticking to the one episode per day um, structure, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that she wants to print something, to me, makes me think that she wants to show it to someone. So I wonder if she's planning to go back... Well, we know that by the end of this episode that she's going back to the 80s, but I wonder if she's planning to go back to the to the 80s and potentially show it to Egon, and I wonder if she'll get maybe waylaid, which will stop her from saving him. Um, just because the found dead in his apartment doesn't feel like a cancer death to me. Like, he doesn't seem like he's going to be dead in three days from Yeah, I, I think I think if you're when you're dying of cancer... Anyone I've ever known that has been dying of cancer is in too much pain not to just call the doctor, you know what I mean? So yeah. you, you, you wouldn't die of cancer without doctors there or being in yeah. a hospital or, you know. Yeah, so I, I I have got a theory in the theory matrix, which I'll mention now, uh, which is that based on this, I don't think it's going to be the cancer that kills Egon. Interesting. And maybe there's going to be some foul play involved. Okay. Uh, if you want to elaborate, or you're just going to keep it vague? Well, I mean, I don't really know what the foul play would be, to be honest. So it's easier if I keep it vague and make it sound like I have an idea. But um, I don't even know who would have something out for Egon, really. I hope it's not Noah. That would break my heart if if Noah just show, or someone like that, one of the Sigmundus guys, just shows up and was like, "You're getting too close, Egon." And all he can say in response is like, "But what do the the Satanist lyrics mean?" And yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't well, know anything. Le- leave him be. Well, at the risk at the risk of completely taking, putting you off this scent, uh, well, Ulrich has something out for him. I would say he he does. I Ulrich is the one who could potentially do it. I don't know. I feel like Ulrich's murdering days are behind him now. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll maybe I'm speaking too soon on that. But um, <laughs> if uh, yeah, Egon Egon is the one who seems most likely to um, to to have it out for 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 Egon, as you say. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, do you, do you expect like so you 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 don't think that she's going to take the newspaper back and then like save his life and then it's going to disappear and change back to the future style? <laughs> I would love it if it did. I would absolutely love it. I don't think it's going to. I I think I I I don't think Egon's making it out of this season alive. Unfortunately, I think whatever Claudia plans to do with that printout is not going to go the way she wants it to. Um, I'm not sure why, but. Uh, 
yeah I, I wonder actually thinking about it if i were writing this show you could do some really tragic scene where she shows it to him and he has like a heart attack from like the shock Ooh. of it or something like that mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily foul play it's just because like she's the one who actually causes him to causes him to die and then she needs to run back off to the uh to the to the 2020s or the or the 50s to escape uh you know potential police investigation but that's kind of just me plucking a theory out of the air without really thinking too much about it yeah exactly uh also i also mentioned there will there is a little bit of parallel here to episode was it yeah, episode three whenever when when cloudy actually old cloudy actually dies um it's sort of foretold by a by characters having a newspaper article of her body being found so, yep, that's true. And this yeah. is her. This is her father. It sort of seems to be the same thing happening to him as well. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it, it is. Um, there's definitely a parallel there. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then we get the body cop uh, scene <laughs> of Clausen and Torben in the car. Yeah, uh, I, I love. Uh, I love Clausen's uh, monologue where he's talking about everyone lying and betraying each other and all the dishonesty and yeah. the, the 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 bad things they're up to, and then and then he just turns to uh, turns to Vola and is like, "So, what about you?" <laughs> it's like he yeah. couldn't be more obvious that he's interviewing uh, interviewing him. Or actually, that might be in a next. I think that might be in a scene further on. But we can um, do them both at the same time. I don't mind. Uh, that bit just made me laugh. I, I think, and and um, yeah. So I think from the first one, in this first scene, we get the uh, Voller asking him about uh, volunteering for the special task force. Yeah. And Clausen responds with like a very kind of, it's almost like Machiavellian. It's like a oh yes, I did. <laughs> I like, did. Mm, yeah, he might have an ulterior motive here. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Like there's a couple of sort of mustache twirling moments in this episode, and this was definitely one of them for me. Yeah, he's he's, he's he very much throws a little bit of like the uh, who done it uh, inspector out sometimes. Um, yeah, like he, there's a theatrical element to him, but I, but I think I don't think he's just kind of. I I wonder if he is actually trying to solve the murders or if he's trying to solve something else as well um mm. at the same time it seems like there's more to him than just someone who's here to to, to figure out the murders okay um also uh, i like that torben was talking about uh hannah Karnvald and he was saying like um oh very good looking very good looking no one understood why he why she went with michael <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's, it, and then you know like he he's sort of drops Ulrich in here as well by just immediately mentioning he knows about the affair which everyone apparently knows about so you know well definitely definitely they would have known about uh, at the police station because remember there was one time she actually showed up oh yeah that's true and what cornered Ulrich in an evidence locker that's right yeah yeah I remember it well (laughs) so uh so yeah um we'll touch upon that second thing (laughs) later on because there's there's quite a bit in that as well okay so so uh, now they're down into the bunker. Uh, Hannah's in the bunker with Peter and with Charlotte, um, and uh, uh, just from just from doing this podcast, I find Peter like a huge, like way more funny than I did before we started doing this. Podcast. Oh yeah, he's he's. I've really come around on Peter as a character because he's just like he's so he's so out of his depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I agree with you. But uh, basically, Hannah sees that Ulrich uh, is in the paper from uh, the 50, 50, the 50s, 53, I think. And uh, Claudia's got a drawing there. And then Hannah, actually, I thought, you know, Hannah has a lot of critics. Me, one of them, to be honest, as well. Like, I am a critic of the Hannah's character because she, you know, she does some pretty bad stuff in this show. Yeah. Um, but you have to admit, that's pretty good of her straight away to say, we have to tell Katarina. 
Yeah, like, and it's it's interesting as well. Like, I, I totally, I, I think, yeah, from a character perspective, she doesn't have. There's not really any reason for her to want to help Katarina. So, I think this does show there is there is some goodness in Hannah and some genuine sort of empathy for for the people in her life that aren't related to her. Um, um, the the thing that I found really interesting about this though is that when she mentions Katarina. It appears like the only people whose graves we see in 2052 are the ones who, by the end of this episode, aren't involved in the time travel plot, with the exception of Clausen, I guess. Um, mm. Especially if, if my theory that Master isn't actually dead um, comes to fruition. So I wonder whether we have seen a cast of... We, we've established kind of a subset of the cast in this episode who are going to survive the apocalypse by maybe going somewhere else. Okay... Um, I think so. That is, have you actually got a theory down? Remember, you said that the Doppler family and Magnus were going to go into the bunker. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's kind of a continuation of that. But obviously, Hannah and Katarina, like Hannah and, oh, and these, the stranger, this, this group, and, thing, yeah. and Katarina, and then um, and then also Marta um, have, have become it, and and Ellie as well have become involved in it as well. Um, so I don't I don't know exactly where they're going to go. Maybe it'll all be in the bunker. But I just I, I just noticed that there was that the people who we are seeing get involved in the time travel plot are the only ones we haven't seen graves for, which kind of yeah. made me like strengthened my belief that they're all going to survive the apocalypse. Yeah, that's cool. And um, I know that, uh, so, but, and by involved in time travel, you're including like Magnus and Francisca and stuff because in a way, because they're like with, like they're talking to Bartos about the machine now. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're like the 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 group of four kids and and the group of four adults, um, or five I guess, including the stranger, um, feel like they are they are in the time travel plot now, and and they will at least play relatively significant parts going forward. I hope they do because I want to see more of these characters. Awesome. Okay. So next uh, next scene, we get Jonas going into the caves in twenty one. Um, what did you think about the design of the cave? You know, the caves are always different. What do you think about the design of the cave in 21? Yeah, so, so it looks like a kind of semi-functional mine shaft, which I really liked. Um, you know, it looks like people are working on it. Um, and well, they're, another... well, they're digging the tunnel, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but it but it doesn't look like a proper mine shaft. It looks like a mine shaft that's being built and or like maintained by maybe three or four people, as opposed mm-hmm. to you know a massive company, um, which certainly fits in with what we've seen of Sigmundus as a fairly small, if powerful, group. Um, yeah, the, the 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 scene with Jonas of the caves. I don't know if you want to get into it now, but the way it ends is yeah, yeah. it has one of my favorite shots in the entire show so far. The back, um, the, the, the 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 sort of backlit him at the end, end of the end of the passage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that sort of final desperate image of Jonas with his sort of hand pressed against the wall, sort of his back heaving, and he's just surrounded by darkness as the camera pulls away from him, leaving him in silence. And it's it's just this sort of moment where it's like oh boy someone's gonna have to come save Jonas and it and it gets the mind racing as to how he's gonna get back to his correct time awesome yeah exactly so uh yeah there's there was also a little scene interspersed in the middle of that of uh Marta as they were going through the caves um Marta saying to the rest of the teenagers um that sometimes she dreams of Jonas and I think Francisca talks to uh, Marta about that and they sort of I think they sort of even analyze the dream like you did at the start yeah yeah Yeah. like they kind of yeah they definitely read into it um i'm sorry i've got a motorbike going past my window i apologize listeners 
like it's become like a feature of this podcast now to just have a traffic update from my from my flat at various points yeah um, we'll, we'll give a shout out to whoever can predict the um, model of car for next week's episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's the i really like the sort of interspersed editing um between the bunker and the caves in 2020 and the caves in 21 it's it, it, it's really snappy and it it, it makes um it, it like basically keeps you guessing as to what's going to happen next and and the 2020 scene is particularly good i think that's probably my favorite of the three um because it, it, it gives us so much about these characters so ellie um being there when like if, if she turns out to be who i think she is which i think is pretty clear at this point um the, the the woman in the future then the idea about the sort of cult around the passage into the caves in 2052 is starting to make a bit more sense um mm-hmm. because obviously she's seen it firsthand um the something maybe you can clear clear up for me so she feels the ground shaking which seemed to imply to me that bartos when he turns up was coming through the passage rather than using the machine no i think i think the machine does make the ground shake as well at at a certain diameter do you know what i mean okay fine yeah i I wasn't sure if this was implying the passage had reopened and we just didn't didn't know about it or not um but uh yeah and then them tying bartos up um you know (laughs) I did mention handcuffs. Admittedly, I said gravity handcuffs in my kids' policing time uh, theory, which these are. <laughs> well, actually, we don't know exactly what they bound him with, so it could, in theory, be gravity handcuffs. Yeah, well, um, he's not getting up off the ground. That's true, yeah. I love this. It was, there was so much catharsis in them just beating up Bartos for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I um, basically, in this scene, I, I will admit this now, my Ellie isn't deaf mute theory took a bit of a pounding when, <laughs> they, showed, they, they, when they showed uh they showed things from her perspective and everyone's voice was like muted yeah it, yeah, yeah. it kind of proves that maybe she is actually deaf mute so i actually yeah when you made that theory i thought that was going to go the whole way to the end of the third season. i thought it was as well i, I forgot I, was... I forgot about that moment no the fun is over. We can't keep having fun anymore because Ellie's ruined it. So nice going, Baron Barodar. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that theory's out the window. Um, but I, but yeah, the the fact they kind of beat him up, beat uh, Bartos up, that is, and then steal hit the time machine um, is a nice moment of catharsis. And yeah. I wonder if it's going to be them who come and save Jonas. Um, I don't know how that would work, but I feel like someone's going to have to come save him because he can't get back himself. But also, like, you think about it, right? Noah gave him that time machine. Yeah. And Noah has the book which tells him what happens in time. Yes, that's a great point. <laughs> he probably was laughing to himself as he gave him the, the, the machine. Like, you idiot, Bartos. Yeah, I just go, love, like... Go and spend a day in the 50s, Bartos. Yeah, have, spend a day. have a day to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> idiot. Yeah. I just... I, I like the scene for the the uh sort of banner movement in the series where we can mark it down in our diary this is the first time bartos has done anything helpful for anyone else in the entire series and it's him getting beaten up and losing the time machine he just took from his dead grandmother uh (laughs) so nice going bartos you idiot but uh, yeah i love this scene yeah that's great uh okay so katarina is uh taken by charlotte now um into the bunker but before they get there there's a real Really intense, uh, well acted, just lovely scene in the car. Oh, uh, yeah. Katarina's is great in that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just at the end of her tether. And I like at the end, she just sort of accepts, okay, I'll wait for the information. Because once you give her a grain saying that they're alive, you know, sort of it gets her there. And they get down into the bunker, uh, and then she doesn't take it seriously at all. 
Yeah, and she she kind of one of the things I really like about Katarina as a character and 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 like about the woman who plays her is that she she finds this ability within the character to be incredibly sympathetic in one scene like like the one in the car with Charlotte and then in the final scene of this kind of my, like mini arc if you like where she goes to check the school records um but then she can also switch to being kind of a bully um and still feel very believable like her uh, 80 like she, self yeah exactly like her, but like she also i feel like when she's actually in the bunker and she's kind of laughing and just incredulous and you know making fun of of the stranger and and mocking hannah or mocking all of them really she she has a bit of that bully about her as well yeah um, yeah and it's it's she's such a well realized character, and I think the actress does such a phenomenal job with her. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. It's, it's absolutely amazing. What did you think about the moment where uh, Jonas says, uh, you know, because she started, Katarina started sort of insinuating that Jonas was like uh, Hannah's new toy boy. <laughs> yeah, her boy toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Jonas uh, is like, oh, I'm her son and your grandson. Yeah, I to my knowledge, that's the first real moment where anyone has said. Oh, this is this is the actual impact this has had upon all of our family trees to anyone else. I don't mm. think a Jonas might except have mentioned... when, when he was talking. Jonas was like screaming at Enos, remember in episode ten of season one. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So kiss, Jonas kiss has my aunt about or whatever. Aunt. Yeah. yeah. So this is the second one of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a landmark moment. I think to to use that phrase again. I think it's it changes everything about. Hannah and Katarina's relationship it changes everything about Jonas and Katarina's relationship I don't know if they'll see each other again but it's it's uh, I, I'm fascinated to see how all these characters come to terms with what this means for the people around them yeah and uh, I, there's, a, there's a part of the scene which I don't know if you picked up on but uh, it's a very small line but it says a lot it's like you can talk for you know five minutes about the line one line alone and it's yeah. wh- whenever Katarina says to Jonas you know like are you getting paid for this you know what do you want money and then she said yeah. do you speak to the dead right? yeah <laughs> and i thought that was really really great because it's like it's almost she was like accusing him of being like a clairvoyant you know like a psychic who was yeah just like, a, coming like a charlatan along. yeah charlatan who's who's seen the news that Jonas is missing and he's come along and said hi i'm Jonas." uh and tried and tried and made up this whole story about time travel just to get money from them. And like Karen yeah. just throws that whole idea that could be a whole show in itself out with one little line. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's. Um, I think that's a, that's completely what she's suggesting, and it's fantastic. And obviously, you know, there's multiple layers to that because he kind of does speak to the dead, uh, or you know, they don't necessarily. Oh no, actually, Michael has spoken back to Jonas, so yeah, he does speak to the dead. Um, so you know it's there's some there's some truth behind what she's uh what she's mocking him for but as you say yeah she just throws it out um as as this just just ridiculous idea yeah, yeah it's like hang on hang on what's but it's even more ridiculous what's actually true <laughs> yeah uh, so uh basically Clausen uh now and torben are in the car again and uh sort of talking through the case again <laughs> yeah. and then Clausen asks torben what happened to your eye oh my god we're never gonna find out i am i am like 90 percent certain we're never finding out about the eye at this point but i am 100 percent certain that it's embarrassing um and i'm sticking with my he was attacked by a bird theory until it's proven otherwise attacked by a bird um yeah and uh but the reason why they don't get to finish that story is because claudia is out steps in front of the car 
Yeah, she needs to learn the green cross code. Uh, which, for those of you not born in the UK, means she needs to look both ways before she crosses the road because she just wanders out. Yeah, wanders out, and then what's Clarkson says something like, "That's interesting." So. Yeah, yeah, interessant. Which uh, taught me that the word for interesting in German is the same as it is in French, which I did not know. Oh yeah, interesting. Interesting. I figured he. I, I thought he was just being. You know how. Um, when someone's a real dick uh, in in English, they'll sometimes throw in a bit of a, a bit of French to make them sound really cultured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought he might be doing the same thing, uh, just you know, tossing in a French word there to you know, to, to, like he, he he probably he'll say like sacre bleu at some point later on in the series as well. Yeah. Did well, uh, did you look it up? Is it actually a German word or is he just yeah yeah? And interessant is uh, it's probably pronounced slightly differently, but it seems like it, it, that's how you say interesting in both French and German. So uh, mm, so that's it, it interesting. Wasn't, he wasn't being as uh, sort of theatrical as I initially expected him to be. Yeah, because like earlier in the series, like they did have Benny saying "ciao," so yeah, exactly. Yeah, although I mean, I could see, I imagine in parts of southern Germany that are closer to Italy and Austria, you might have people saying "ciao." I think that's a word that translates. I, I that's purely guessing. I apologise to any of our listeners from southern Germany who have been insulted by the implication that they speak Italian there. Yeah, no, I, but I also think that just in general, people say ciao. <laughs> like even, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, that is true, yeah. Even English people would say ciao. Or, oh, yeah, I'll know, say ciao all the time. Arrivederci. A, arrivederci, yeah. <laughs> like a Cornwall accent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so um, moving on to the scene where you mentioned earlier on, where Katarina goes into the school, into the records, and looks up the pictures. Oh, 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 yeah, class pictures. She, she just... I love... Again, to, not to harp on about it, but the way that she just kind of collapses inward, inwards on herself when she can no longer refuse to believe what's being presented in front of her is is so brilliant and and quite touching here. Even though Katarina is a character who's hard to love, uh, but you definitely or I definitely felt for her in this scene. Yeah, and there's another wedding ring on the right hand. So just to let you know, um, those people in the comments who told us that that's the German way weren't yep. lying. Yep, I've they learned weren't. my lesson. Yep, exactly. Although she's not wearing an engagement ring, which is interesting, because usually, well, in my experience, usually women wear both their engagement ring and their wedding ring, in in, in our neck of the woods anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if that's, I, I don't know if, I assume engagement rings are a thing in most in most countries and cultures, but I don't know for certain. Um, maybe Ulrich was just the type to not buy an engagement ring, and <laughs> because yeah. he, said, he was like, oh, I'll buy it for you later, and then like 30 years on. It's it's a it's a sore spot in the marriage. No, he, he popped out to get the engagement ring like he did the bread in season one, but he <laughs> yeah. uh, he went he went over to Hannah's house. Yeah, went for a run to get an engagement ring and ended up stopping at the Carnvals. <laughs> Having said that, he did come back with the bread, so you know, never know. Uh, okay, so then uh, Jonas is coming out of the cave, and then Noah's he loves you know what he that is his apple eaten stump. No matter what time oh, you're yeah, in, yeah, that rock. Don't get him started on how much he likes that rock. He will absolutely talk your ear off about the times he sat on that rock eating apples. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although he barely touched that apple. That was such a waste. I was really angry with him. Yeah, he was just planting apple trees. Oh, oh my God. Can you, can you imagine if there was an apple tree in that Oh, uh, We need to check. Someone check the tapes. <laughs> that would be... Is there an apple tree in... 20, well, there won't be in 2052. We know that for certain. But like, yeah. it would just be a, just be a cocoon-riddled <laughs> horror stump. But maybe in 2020, there's a there's a small apple tree there. And if there's not, they should CG it in and then just like replace the episode on Netflix. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the dumb thing now. We just no, nothing's ever finished. We have to keep changing things. They they actually did change something in this. Oh, did so, they? So you know, so you know, we saw the calendar in the post-apocalyptic world in episode one in the yeah. Carnival House. Well, there's a certain time we see that again later in the series when it's, I don't know, it's a montage or whatever, but they, they didn't have the same markings on the calendar and everyone was like, oh my God, what does it mean? And then <laughs> they, they look, they, but now if you go in and watch it again now, it actually is the same. So, oh, that's uh, great. So they've actually went in and digitally, like, you know, put an extra X or whatever it was, you know. Um, you can imagine they, them like looking at each other when that theory comes out and be like, oh, balls, we need yeah. to fix this. Ring up Netflix and goes, we, we got an idea. Like, we're all <laughs> of us here. We'll change it. <laughs> right, okay. So then um, Jonas is uh, then... Well, we get another bunker scene, basically. And Jonas uh, is talking mm. about uh, Adam and sort of why... They ask, they ask him why he's here, basically. Like, why have you come to this time? What are you doing? Yeah. And he said, Adam said there's a loophole. And he has to try and stop the final cycle. Yeah, so I've got a... I'm not going to get into it now because it's going to be bloody wordy and probably very boring. So listeners be warned. Just stop listening probably about 10 minutes before the end of this podcast if you don't want to hear me go on about the last cycle. But um, yeah, the loophole in the last cycle beginning in three days. I've got some ideas about this. The loophole I have no idea about, actually, to be clear. The, cycle, the last cycle, I have some thoughts. But okay. I, I'm not sure what the loophole is but then again it was adam telling him and based on what we know by the end of this episode can we trust adam to tell the truth i do not know i and as an aside based on my i'm going to keep repeating this until it becomes a thing hashtag trust claudia uh, stance the claudia tried but became what she wanted to fight is such brilliant foreshadowing for the adam reveal later in this episode because i don't think she did jonas <laughs> or jonas rather <laughs> i think someone else might have yeah yeah how funny would it have been right at the end of this episode i know we're not there yet but at the end of this episode instead of saying ik bin do <laughs> yeah, just... claudia no 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 <laughs> instead of saying ik, ik bin do adam just started going my name is jonas <laughs> <laughs> he brings out an acoustic guitar and like does some lovely finger picking yeah that's a weezer reference for anyone not born in the 80s yeah the the, one of the only songs i've got 100 percent on expert on uh ultimate uh what is it ultimate guitar no guitar hero yeah guitar hero one of the only songs i got i got 100 percent on expert so that's a difficult song to play just so you know just so you know (laughs) uh so uh claudia then appears and we know it's actually confirmed later on in the montage she's back in the 80s did you see this coming yeah she's gone back to the future sort of um depending on where you are in time well i saw her going back to the 80s to be honest i thought the that her getting waylaid um or or the thing that would stop her from saving egon which i presume is what she's doing with the with the newspaper clipping would be the fact that she couldn't get back in time because back in time there you go i've got my back to the future reference in um (laughs) um, would be uh that uh i don't know like something would happen to the time machine or she'd get stuck and that would that would waylay her so i was quite surprised to see her just turn back up in the 80s um i still think something's gonna gonna come between her and telling egon uh but i don't know what it is now yeah, and she's like sort of if you really think about it, right? In the first like every 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 film or TV show where you have like a, a strange world you're going into, so it would be time travel and dark. Um you need to have a character who isn't familiar to that world 
and you are yeah. sort of, you go with that character. So in the first season, that was obviously Jonas for us. Uh, in the second season, they've still they've got the same character again, basically, but it's Claudia now. So she's actually our our experience of this world. Our sort of fish out of water. Yeah, and it's even it's a bit it's a bit more nuanced than that as well because we are sort of we're sort of also continuing on Jonas's path where where we sort of we sort of do know a little bit what's going on but not too much. So we're sort of both Claudia as well as uh, young Jonas as well still. So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's an element of the film noir to Noah uh, to Noah. That's a Freudian slip to uh, Jonas and Claudia's story in that for the most part we're finding things out as one of them finds things out as yeah. well uh, so there's always that kind of sense of an unfolding mystery and always that tension around these big reveals um and i i my sense is that it's going to become more about claudia than about jonas now given we know the beginning middle and end of jonas's story by the end of this episode um whereas i, I suppose actually we know the beginning middle and end of Claudius. we know as well. we know that we know the literal end of Claudius. yeah yeah but i but I, my suspicion is that older claudia intends for middle claudia to do things differently so mm-hmm. she's kind of making her own path but uh, you know that could that could easily be wrong but that yeah there's definitely um there is definitely a sense of the sort of film noir about these characters yeah awesome um so then we get uh, before we head into the montage, we get a short scene between Noah and Jonas, yeah. uh, and I'm talking old Noah here. Yeah, and uh, well, they're both there. They're, they're both, yeah, they are both there actually. Yeah, and uh, old older Noah is saying like, you know, you know, bet you didn't expect to see me here, and uh, you know, I, I love the uh, you've already made my acquaintance with the nod to young Noah, which is such <laughs> yeah. a villain thing to say. Like, is this is the other mustache twirl line where it's just yeah. like, oh Noah. Yeah, where's the camera? It looks straight in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little wink for the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's great in this scene. And um, just as an aside, I love the design of this church. Like, it's... it's. Um, I know we've seen it before, but for some reason it really stood out to me this time. The sort of... The red walls and the almost black pews, they give it this real sense of evil. Like, this is a sort of... Almost like a church to Satan rather than a church that, you know, one would pray to God in. Um... And, yeah, and there's uh, a real there's a real darkness to it there is yeah yeah it's it doesn't it it doesn't feel like a good place let's put it that way um you don't tend to have blood red walls and black chairs in somewhere where you know you're gonna read from you know read from some psalms and uh and sing some hymns yeah um, also did noah always have the little the, the little cross on his uh lapel i think he did i've definitely noticed it before i can't oh, i can't say okay. for I can't say for certain that he has always had it, but I've definitely noticed it previously. Okay. Um, you know, he's a he's a snappy dresser. Maybe he just occasionally decides on the on the lapel crucifix, and some days he you know feels like it's time it's it's you know a more conservative dress day. The lapel cross, not crucifix. Oh, is there a difference? As far as I'm aware, uh, being raised Catholic, uh, well, you know, not really. I wouldn't consider myself much of a Catholic these days, but they they are uh, crucifix has Jesus on it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I might be completely anyone anyone uh, who wants to correct me on that, go right ahead. But that's <laughs> that was my understanding as a as a Irish Catholic boy. I went to a Church of England primary school, and I'm sure somewhere 
a, a one of my teachers has just sat bolt upright in a cold sweat realizing how bad a job they did on my education um, <laughs> yeah. well they probably didn't know either to be honest with you no maybe they taught me wrong let's just blame them and, maybe I'm, and, and you know what maybe i was just corrected by an older relative who had no idea what they were talking about yeah that's how it all you know that's how all of this works it's just a spread of misinformation through yeah. familial links Exactly. Um, I, I, the only other thing I was going to say about this scene before we moved on was um, I found it interesting that there's a distinction between the sort of sig- wider Sigmundus cult and the travellers specifically um, so young Noah says that he hasn't become a traveller yet but he will so presumably that means the travellers are people who have actually gone through time that seems like the most logical kind of distinction between them okay gotcha so when yeah because obviously we already know that Adam took him in basically yeah meaning that he's part of Sigmundus. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I'm guessing, cool. like, what's what's the woman's name in the first scene? Like, El, Elga, was it? Erna. Erna, yeah. Like, so I, I would assume she's part of Sigmundus, but not a traveller as well, given she's tending a bar in the 20s. Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, um, it seems like there are members who aren't, who aren't actively going through time. Okay, awesome. So then we get a really cool montage where yeah. there's a load of information. Bartos is in the cave. Yeah. Uh, Katarina's sad. Um, Jonas is going into a lift, um, which I thought was really interesting because like Noah opened the door and was almost like, "Hey, hey, look at this!" And then like Jonas like looked at it, and looked really surprised, and it's like literally just a lift, you know, yeah. or an elevator. Um, so it, like I was cause <laughs> when I first time I watched that, I was like, "Oh, what's he looking at? What's he looking at?" And then they just go down in the lift, you know. Um, and then uh, Ali and Francisca uh, get home, but there's no one there. Empty house. Mm. Um, Claudia gets home and sort of sort of wants to sort of really show her love to Regina again, it seems, because she knows where Regina's going to end up. And also, uh, Clausen has written Alexander Kolo on the top of his board. He has, yeah. And I, I feel like the, the Clausen stuff is kind of off to one side, but for yeah. me, the main thing I took from this was this sense that all of these characters who have now been exposed to the time travel stuff in this montage which has a really lovely song behind it which is you know the, the, the song choices and dark are always great but this one was particularly nice um all these characters are kind of coming back to their regular lives and are being confronted by a reality that they can't go back to them so in the case of um ellie and francisca they're looking at the empty sofa where they would normally sit uh and mm-hmm. you know they, they they can't sit there anymore it's empty because because they have to they now have this kind of burden to to continue looking into what is actually going on in Vinden and likewise the look that uh, Magnus, Master and Katarina share basically is it's kind of like this knowing stressed look that you know things are never going to be the way they were before um, yeah. and, and uh, as you've said with Claudia as well you know she comes back obviously she still has that desire to reform a relationship with Regina but I, I just don't think she can at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know I say this every time she sees her, but I wonder if this will be the last time she sees Regina. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, it, or I guess it's in close eventually. contact. Yeah. yeah. If I keep saying it, eventually it will be correct. Um, yeah. And the, um, yeah, Jonas taking the descent into what may, may very well be hell in this, uh, in this <laughs> scene. Uh, certainly, certainly looks a bit like it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. So after the montage, we come straight out into, a uh, scene with uh, the older, what do you call deaf mute woman from the from the future, who is heavily implied it's Elizabeth. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, what are you laughing um, at? 
Yeah, I was just laughing at you implying that it isn't Ellie. It's like, come on. Like, well, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure I've called her Elizabeth before. Uh, but then earlier on this episode, you, you're like, uh, you're like, if she is who I think she is, as if like, yeah. this is some yeah. like, deep theory. That- <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, the show's kind of the show's kind of laid that one out for us. Really, they've 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 yeah got that one right up to the goal line and are asking for us to tap it in. I think. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure that is Ellie. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll call her the, future the, woman. Uh, so yeah, the, future, the actual future, secrecy is important here. Yeah, future woman and future girl are chatting to each other here, and yep. uh, future girl wants to know, you know, what is that thing? Um, and future question mark Elizabeth says, uh, "Well, we thought it was a part of God, but actually, it's part of the devil." Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, it's, it, it feels a bit dramatic, but obviously, when you're standing in in future Ellie's shoes. It would make sense to consider this a part of the devil because things have not worked out that well for humanity. Uh, we don't know what's happened yet, but you know it's been heavily implied that the the, the like discovery of the god particle and the portals that it can create are responsible for what's happened to the world. Um, I also having a theory in my matrix that said Ellie. Uh, knows or this woman knows more about the god particle than they're letting on and the fact that they know exactly where to find this girl and exactly what she is doing to me implies that they definitely know more than they're letting on about this thing um Mm. and also there's to go back to another one of my theories that this brunette girl is future ellie's uh daughter um there's a real sort of pain in in ellie's eyes here um at the sort of sense of betrayal, which really reinforced my feeling that they must be related. Okay, awesome. Uh, all right, so then we get the the Noah and Noah scene, where <laughs> they are chatting away. Uh, young Noah's asking what's going to happen to Jonas now, yeah. uh, and old Noah says Adam will send him on his way uh, on the path that has already been de- uh, determined, so that the last cycle can begin. Yes, he does. Um, so there's a lot to unpack in this scene and and in the next one. Um, so so first off, uh, young Noah is looking at the same image that Ellie was reading about in one of H.G. Tanhouse's books. So that continues to be there continues to be a link that's completely unexplained between H.G. Tanhouse and the Sigmundus cult. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also what I found particularly interesting about this: Noah, or old Noah, puts the pages he took from Claudia back in the book and has it just out which to me seems like he might be relenting and giving the pages back to Adam after lying to him in the previous episode. Um, I'm not 100% sure if that's right and I'm reading that correctly, but that's that's how that felt to me. Well, where he is right now isn't isn't near Adam. So yeah, I, I guess I guess Adam isn't around, but I just I would have thought he'd be concerned about young Noah or or for that matter anyone else in Sigmundus seeing that he has it. And knowing that he lied to Adam. Um, yeah, well, as far as we know, Adam's the only one who knows that he was looking for those pages. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. So um, so maybe he's just kind of, you know, reflecting on the pages and thinking about what he's going to do with them. Um, I, I found the... What actually feels like a pretty big reveal to me that Noah doesn't know who wrote the book, which implies no mm. one knows who wrote the book. Because if Noah doesn't know, who the hell does know? Yeah. And... We'll get into this a bit more at the end of the episode, I think. But we have an Adam 
and we have a Noah, stands to reason that there's an Eve and a God as well. And I wonder who the God is in um, in 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 Sigmundus's view. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing hearing those theories. So before we get there, last one. It's the Ikbin Do <laughs> moment. We've talked about it a lot. Yep. Um, so talk us through your feelings when you're watching this. So the way it was shot, I think, was was we've talked about this before, where the show kind of wants you to cross the finish line before it gives the answer to you. I think. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think, it's it's harder to get this. Um, because it doesn't really explicitly give you the answer, but the way it's shot as a literal mirror, there is a reflection down the middle of the room and it goes from a kind of wide full body shot of Jonas to a wide full body shot of Adam. And they're literally, they're standing very unnaturally if you actually think about how they're standing in the room, but it's done Mm -hmm. to show that there is a clear line of comparison between these two individuals. And I think it's very clearly saying, this is what this person is going to become. Um, And yeah, the, the Jonas saying he wants everything to end and he has that kind of that child not childish that youthful energy that kind of that sense of desperation that he just wants everything to go back to the way it was before basically he wants it to finish mm-hmm. and seeing that emotion mirrored in Adam where you can you can see that Adam still wants the same thing but the way he talks about it is kind of colored by I guess, 60, 70 years of pain and becoming jaded with the process. And so he talks about how, oh, it's going to end, all things end, you know, your end, my end, the end of all things. And it's it's this brilliant kind of contortion of Jonas's deepest desire in this in this series. Mm-hmm. Um where we where I absolutely believe that that he could end up this way um and then yeah obviously the reveal of the ikbindu probably probably the most powerful ikbindu i think um of the of the series so far (laughs) yeah he's got a great voice too adam um i was hoping i really was hoping for what the dub the adam voice would really let me let me rip into the dub uh yeah the dub but actually the dub uh adam it's it, you know it's not it's nowhere near as good but it's not they actually did go out and cast like a really gruff sounding old man so you know oh, okay yeah is the line just I am you in the it dub? it's just I am you yeah which is I, not as cool not as yeah cool. I I don't know whether this is just just me being kind of like biased towards the 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 correct or the or the original language version but Igbindu just sounds better to me there's a lot it's a lot punch, punchier as a line yeah um, it is it, it seems like it's more than it seems like it's actually saying more than just I am you. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, I think if you were going to translate it to English and have it be as punchy, you'd have to come up with some really cool line like we are one or something. I don't know. Yeah, would... yeah, yeah. That totally. That's, like, I don't think I am you works nearly as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, as a reveal, this opens up so much about where Jonas's character is going to go. Or, well, I guess more about where the stranger is going to go, really, because stranger knows this as well. Yeah, we already know. We already know uh, one of Jonas's checkpoints along the way to becoming Adam. Yeah, it's the and, stranger. And there's still there feels like the stranger is closer to Yo- uh, to Adam than young Jonas is. Certainly, you know, there's a there's a sort of 
bloody mindedness and a desperation in in the actions that that stranger is taking that young Jonas hasn't got to yet but even so there feels like there's a long way for stranger to go to get to actually running the sick mundus uh the sick mundus cult yeah um I, I i know what you mean um and that's one of the reasons why i think that uh like the adam the adam reveal that adam is Jonas is not one that most people got like most people most people or maybe maybe they'll tell me that they did but i think most people got the michael reveal i think most people eventually got the got the stranger reveal uh but i'm not sure if most people got the adam reveal and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording i think one of the reasons for that is is that we see adam in the first episode and then he sort of just goes away yeah and, and then we see him again at the very end of the episode three and then we see him in this at the end of this episode. So I think they they very much kept Adam away because they didn't want you questioning it too much. Because let's be honest, there wasn't very many characters that he he could be. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what led me to my theory on him. It was literally, well, he knows Bartos from it from a young age, and we've had um, Stranger Jonas in the episode where he's revealed talking about how he's present in all times. So that's that felt like a big clue. Yeah. And you know, if he know if he's known Bartos from a young age, realistically, there's only three characters he could be, and that's either Bartos himself, Jonas, or Magnus. And Magnus, I kind of immediately discounted because it doesn't feel to, like Magnus's character is going to have to go through some shit to get to where Bart- <laughs> uh, to where, where, where Adam is now. Um, Bartos, I uh, that was my first thought, but then I obviously landed on the guy getting killed in episode one looking so much like Bartos that I feel like that's him, uh, which just left Jonas. Um, but I think it's I'm obviously very <laughs> pleased with myself for getting that. I was uh, I, I I pumped a fist in the air when I got the Ikbin do moment, or actually slightly before when he takes the collar off, because that was one of my big things. Was like, oh, he's wearing a suspiciously high collar as if to conceal a wound. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did pump a fist in the air. But I'm I'm just more excited to see really where where we go from here with Adam and uh, you know his relationship with with Jonas and Stranger and, and Noah specifically. Awesome. Uh, okay, let's get into the roundup. Cool. Okay, so the IMDb rating is 9.5. What do you think? I was going back and forth on this in my head. I I think this might be one of the best episodes. I think it might be. I, I, I'm kind of... In one hand, on one hand, I'm... I'm um, I'm very aware that there's very limited kind of character drama in this episode. Like in many ways, this is sort of the yin to the yang of the previous episode where Mm -hmm. episode three was a lot of character drama, a lot of Egon, a lot of Claudia, and it was fantastic in its own way. This really doesn't have any of that. There's a couple of good moments like we talked about Katarina's acting uh, and obviously the Jonas and Jonas and Noah and Adam stuff is good, but it's very limited. Like it's sort of, um, it's this is really get the pieces in place. It's all, it's all plot movement. It's all getting stuff forward. And that's very exciting. Um, but I, I, I think 9.5 is probably is probably fair. I think I, I'm kind of trying to talk myself out of giving this a super high rating yeah, because yeah. I don't I don't want to do a disservice to the previous episode, which was also great. It was just great in a slightly less, I guess, exciting way. Um, mm-hmm. But it but it was it was really good. Like and I I do feel like all the pieces are kind of in place for the run into the to to the second half of the season now. Yeah, and I will say. We're we're judging this on the bar of dark episodes. Like you know, nine point five is a ridiculously high rating. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I think I think did we agree on the last one that it was like a nine point two? Yeah. So we're kind of like splitting hairs about. (laughs) I feel I feel bad that it's point three less than than this episode, but realistically, they're both still brilliant. And I would watch. I think I wonder on a rewatch whether I might prefer episode three because I feel like that character drama will be just as good the second time. Uh, the Claudio whereas, and Egon stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Claudio and Egon stuff will be just as impactful and, and touching the second time, whereas this, because it, so much of it is it's exciting to see the characters getting in position and finding stuff out, uh, some of that might be lost on a second viewing. Like, How, how did you find them holding up? Yeah, no, I I know what you mean. Like when I go back, and if I'm if I'm doing a full rewatch, then I'm loving all this stuff. But if I'm if I'm gonna go back and watch one episode in particular, I know what you mean. I, I generally will go back to episodes with more character work in them. Yeah, Def, definitely. Um, that's why ep- uh, season two, episode six is so good. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> wait to get there because it has both. <laughs> I yeah, I I if my if my um prediction based on the death date we see from egon in the newspaper of the 26th of june is correct then that's going to happen in episode six and i think that might that's going to hit me pretty hard if that happens as i expect it to in that episode interesting all right so uh what about some theories okay right strap yourselves in people or just stop listening entirely if you (laughs) don't want to listen to me talk for about 15 minutes so this this cycle business. I want to talk to you about cycles, okay? <laughs> and what and what they mean for the people of Vinden. So, okay, cycles seem important. I think we can all agree on that. Like they've been mentioned enough that it feels important. I think we're on. I mean, we're certainly on the last cycle. Have it's they said the they cycle had... of life? <laughs> <laughs> and it moves through Vinden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny because we were singing Lion King songs uh, before we even started recording this. This is a, yeah. an in joke that no one is a part of, but we're dark. bringing you in. We're gonna we're gonna release a dark slash weird Al Yankovic style style album. Oh, imagine. Get Egon doing some spoken word stuff on it. He's made for it. That voice, that gr- he, lovely gravelly voice. He can do. He can, we can. We'll, we'll write something around like a Eminem stan, and he can do that. Or yeah, or he could. He could do Scar's part. Actually, he's got quite a good Scar voice. Oh yeah, we'll just do the whole. Uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> the we'll whole re, re, rewrite Dark as the Lion King. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, cycles. They seem important. Um, and I think we're... I, I, I can't actually remember if this has been confirmed, but have they said there have been two already? So we're going into the third, which is the last. I, I believe they mentioned the third. I don't know whether yeah, that I, means directly that there's two before. I'd imagine it does. But I think I think like everything in the show is sort of threes. Like we're seeing three versions yeah, of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm like 90% certain they've said this is the third cycle is about to begin, like in the first episode. I, I haven't written it down anywhere. Okay. But so we know that there's... Oh, I suspect there's three. We know the next one is starting in three days. And we know that the Sigmundus guys believe it to be kind of a form of paradise. Oh, it will usher in the beginning of a kind of form of paradise that they see. So we know that there's a post-apocalyptic wasteland after the nuclear war happens. Or sorry, not the nuclear war happens. Whatever causes um the apocalypse to happen occurs there's like this post-apocalyptic wasteland which looks irradiated and horrible that doesn't sound much like a paradise to me so what what is it that the sick man disguise are are waiting around for or trying to ensure happens and in my head i wonder if there's an even further future which all of the sick crew will travel to 
that in fact is their idea of paradise so beyond the post-apocalyptic wasteland there's something that they want to preserve um like society so is reformed in some way maybe? something like that yeah but like you know there's there's some kind of like edenic situation where they they are in charge of of a good of a good life for for you know the people around them um so i'm I, in my head i'm thinking of cycles almost like a kind of military tour of duty in their terms so they kind of enlist people to travel through the relevant timelines ensuring certain actions happen during a set period of time so that mm-hmm. the paradise at the end of it all can be maintained and these these cycles kind of line up with the seasons of the tv show which that sounds really dumb and meta to say it but obviously the reason that it lines up with the seasons of the tv show is because it explains why we can skip eight months between seasons because that, those eight months aren't part of a cycle because no one's doing anything to preserve a timeline there's no time travel taking place so in my head that's that's kind of what a cycle is um okay and and um yeah obviously they're trying to maintain something that we haven't seen yet um so that's one big theory i don't know if you want to say anything about that do you want me to go into my other one i want you to go in the other one i got a couple of biggies so I'm okay hesitant this is... to, i'm hesitant to say things during these theory theory crafting sessions yeah okay that's fine it just makes me it lets me go down my own rabbit hole and and s- suggest things that are completely wrong yeah. um go away go into the rabbit hole yeah i'm going i'll see you later um <laughs> so th- this is um i've kind of already hinted at this one but this is to do with the book oh, can i just say something my head is yeah, just random randomly threw this out to me right yep Helga, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, down the rabbit hole, the cave. This is like an Alice in Wonderland reference, I'm sure. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. That that I, I'm sh- like yeah. That, there's definitely he is Alice. He yeah. Just needs a, he needs a blue and white dress. <laughs> no, he's the he's the rabbit. Oh, he is the ra- yeah. He is the so, rabbit. So uh, so Ulrich is Ulrich is Alice because Ulrich followed him in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Helga was late for a very important date with Yasin. it needs some work but i think i think there's definitely some truth to that there is definitely there um yeah so i've kind of mentioned this one before but so whoever wrote that book must be from vinden and they must have seen the past and the future that's what noah says and if as i said previously if there is an adam and there is a noah then it does stand to reason that there is also an eve and there is also a god um Mm. And who okay. are they? And then also, how did Claudia steal the pages? Because she she must have like where did, if the book is kind of in the possession either I guess it could be in the possession of like Adam and and Noah and those guys. Um, but in my head, the book would would exist at kind of the end of the end of time, like in the paradise that they're trying to preserve, which means that Claudia has potentially seen that. Um, and maybe means that she is the Eve. It would certainly line up with her kind of supposed involvement with with the Sigmundus guys, given given we know that she's been involved with Noah. Mm. Um, which then, you know, the question then is, who is the god? And I wonder if it could be H.G. Tannhouse. Because <laughs> it seems like we haven't heard a thing about him beyond his influence on the sort of creation of the time machine. Yeah, well, there's definitely that that symbolism there. Like he created it, really, didn't he? Well, yeah, he didn't so actually. It was kind of like a. T- uh, it was. A, it was a time. It was a what do you call it? Paradox. So he didn't yeah, really. He didn't really create it, really, but he kind of did. Yeah. No. I, I. Well, I think. 
that's certainly important. But I just I feel like the fact they haven't mentioned anything about him kind of after he does his expositionary stuff to do with the time machine seems important to me or seems like it's a bigger mission mm-hmm. which makes me wonder if he's going to come back into the plot in a major way maybe he'll just disappear and like go retire on a tropical island somewhere but i feel like he's coming back and maybe could be the guy who has seen the very far future and wants to preserve it interesting oh okay so we're getting some real big picture theories here yeah yeah that's what came out of this one was less x is y's dad and more, there's a big old timeline. Oh, there's a big old stretch of time where everything's cool and they're trying to preserve it. Okay, awesome. Uh, all right, well, that was episode t- four, season two. We yep. are halfway through season two now. So there's only eight, eight episodes, remember. So we're getting there quick. We're flying. We are absolutely flying. So um, that's we've only got 12 more episodes of Dark. I know, that seems like so few. I'm sad. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a bittersweet thing because like, they they wouldn't be able to do such a good job if they didn't restrict it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, give me six seasons, you know. But um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to next ep- next episode. But I'm all I'm really looking forward to two episodes time. I th- hopefully, I'm not bigging it up too much for you. But <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to come into it. And the first thing I'm going to say is this was a terrible episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just set everyone's expectations as low as possible. Yeah. Okay. Right, guys, this week we have no um, What the Dub. We also have no Wincest. I, I, oh. I, yeah, I know. I'm not going to I'm not gonna go into the family tree <laughs> implications of Jonas being Adam because I don't really see how we can do that without actually just speculating on people being other people's parents and stuff. We don't know anything at this point. So um, definitely I will say that in this season there will be more Wincests, uh, but we'll just nice. wait. We'll, we'll wait and see we'll wait and see inquiring so, minds want to know inquiring yeah well hopefully everyone listening to this uh, podcast knows what I'm talking about but there's definitely isn't there's, there's definitely more than more than one more reveal so to speak so um so we'll find out about that uh, I'm sure in, in the following weeks if you want to subscribe to the podcast that would be just great um if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel that would be really good too um if not that's alright if you want to ask Con- <laughs> if, if you want to ask Conrad a question, then give her, uh, underneath my pinned comment on this video, and then I'll get them. It's be about episode five of season two, and then I'll get those questions to him next week. Uh, anything to add, Conrad, before we leave these fine fellows and and ladies? Uh, I was no, going to just... say I was saying fellows, and I was thinking, what's the female equivalent of fellows? That's a worry. So That's I just fun. had I just had to say ladies because I was like, what like what is the the, the right word for like <laughs> fellows and dames yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah i feel like you've kind of you've painted yourself into a corner a bit with that one because i can't really help you but um to segue out of it desperately yeah well um, i didn't say dames you did <laughs> that's true I've, yeah I've, I've done myself there um but no yeah i'd like i um i can't wait for the next couple of episodes i can't wait for the end of the season to be honest so please come and join us yeah join us uh okay so thank you very much for listening Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the After Dark Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.